Good evening, listeners. Welcome to our very first episode of the Starry Night Podcast. Tonight, we will be starting off with a very hefty topic, free will. I'm Nick. I'm Jesse. And to start us off, what is free will? Well, I guess in my definition, free will would be the uh, ability to determine your own actions and not have a preset choice in life. Okay. So, do you think we have free will? Well, I think an odd way to look at it is um, I think you have free will if you believe you do. Okay. Uh, Elaborate on that a little bit. So, in life, it almost seems to be like um, you know whenever you kind of like give up on things it's kind of like that idea diminishes so I think if you give up on having free will soon it's life who starts making your choices instead of you okay that makes sense uh, that's kind of already touching on the uh, the reactionary yeah side of this mm-hmm. um, so if that's the case You're basically saying that we have to believe in free will first. Well, I would say so. Like, um, it's really hard to describe and get the idea out on, like, paper. Because I have it in my head, but uh, I always have a hard time expressing myself. But, yeah, um, you you do have to believe, I think, in some sense. just to, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting that you say that because um, that's the basis of a lot of people's disbelief in a lot of things. Really? It's, yeah, because if, if you have to believe in it for it to exist, take religion, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you have to believe in it for it to exist, basically, because if none of us believed in any religion at all, we wouldn't have religion, yeah. for example. But on the other, on the other side of things, it's... Um, you you have to believe in a cause to make it happen. So like a uh, cause for change, like the uh, like in any sort of environmentally um, targeted group, they have to believe in environmental change to make any difference. It's the same thing. So it could go both directions. There. That's true. Um. Yeah, but like. I guess the main problem is that, so let's say a higher power, for example, mm-hmm. it's like, if that does indeed exist, um, your belief in it isn't going to change whether it exists or not. So it's like, the idea is, is free will a set thing? And that's what I was also going to say. So free will is thought of to be a concept that either exists or it doesn't. Right. So I don't... Is it really belief-based in that case? Well, it's really hard to say because we can't say things with, like, certainty. Because this is all, like, hypotheticals. Um, so it's is like, it? Because we're living these things every single day. We are living these things every single day. But you could look at the, I guess, example of, like, cause and effect. And everything has you know, a reason for it to happen. And I guess based on past experiences, you could be uh, more inclined to act a certain way. And so you could say that if your choices in the past influence your decisions you make now, um, would you consider that true free will? Um, I would say so in some cases, but I mean, that does beg the question, you know, are we just beings of instinct at this point? I think in some cases we are. It's uh, it's definitely not 50-50. Um, but instinct does get a lot of... Uh, instinct does get the better of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So if you were... Um, so let's touch a little bit on the reactionary bit of this. Okay. Um, we may not have free will because all of our decisions are more or less influenced by something else. 
right. not necessarily us making that decision. Right. So if I told you that you were about to be hit by a car. Okay. And so what, what, what would you do in that situation? You know, you see the car coming at you. I say, you're about to be hit by a car. Move out of the way of the car. You, you move out of the way of the car. Yeah. Yeah. Unless I'm just like, you know, masochist. Well, yes. <laughs> Assuming that we're in it to win it in life. Um, we move out of the way of the car. And that's because we have a primary instinct to live. Yeah. So. Um, Why do you think we have that primary instinct to live? Well, I think it's a pretty animalistic. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, we are classified as animals yeah. as sci- in science. And because uh, at the end of the day, like I said, we, we all have this instinct to live because every animal does. Hmm. You know, take uh, any, any animal with a defensive trait to it. Bees, wasps, as much as we hate them. <laughs> Well, not bees, yeah. Yeah. Bees are great. We need to. Wasps are just out there to get you. Yeah, but they sting us in defense, not because they want to mess our day up. Well, wasps sometimes. But because they want to live. Do they have the mental capacity to think, hey, I'm going to sting this thing and I want. I'm going to do it because I want to live? No, it just. It's a reaction. Well, bees. Like, they die after they sting, so it's like, whenever they sting, it's like, they're laying their life down on the line. <laughs> for the greater for, good for at that the, point. For, well, maybe for the greater good, or just like, I really hate this dude, and I'm going <laughs> to give my life to ruin his day. I hope he's allergic to me. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen some videos of, like, bees, um, they're trying to, like, after they sting someone, to not pull out their stinger and die. Like, mm-hmm. they'll wiggle around and try and get it free and stuff, and... Yeah, that, that's an example of like something clinging to life. Exactly. But it's, but it's odd, you know. Yeah, and I think that's definitely uh, a major factor in it. And another major factor is that I think we've developed so much to the point that we've actually become aware of death. Yeah. And it, it, in the way that I think it's in the way that we don't understand it. And I think that scares us more than our instinct does to try and stay away from death. Yeah. Um, I can definitely see that. Like, the the unknown is always just such a terrifying thing. Um, not sure why, because some people are of the mindset of, well, death is inevitable, so you shouldn't be afraid of it. But it's like, still, it's like, man, I kind of don't want to be, like, thrown into a wood chipper. Yeah, right. Well, it's like as much as we um, don't know about death, it could be the greatest thing that will ever happen to us, but we don't know. And uh, as much as we may not like what's going on in our own lives right now, that is oftentimes uh, not a greater option. Yeah. But (laughs) getting a little off topic here. uh, As always. Yeah, as always. This is uh, pretty common for us, as you will figure out as we go down this Several, several rabbit holes in the next few, however long we do this. So. Yeah. Oh, man, I don't think I'll ever catch that rabbit. But so your, your question, why do you think that we are instinctually afraid of death or trying to get away from it? I think that kind of, like I said, it's, it's part of the reactionary thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Can you think of any instances where maybe the reactionary thing doesn't apply? Uh, what do you mean by that? So, like, reactionary free will. Do you think there's any instances in which that, that does not apply to us? Well, <coughs> bless, bless me. Um, I would say yes. Because... Imagine a circumstance that you've, like, as rare as it might seem, that you've never had any prior experience, and then you just jump into it. Right. So, like, you could say that, like, still your instincts would get the better of you, because you've never been in that situation before, instincts take over, um, you can't really think because it's such a shock, um, 
So I would say like situations that you have been in before that could be influenced by past decisions um, that you can think in, you ultimately have like the choice of how you react to it. Right. See, I don't know, because in that case, you, you'd be reacting based on your previous experiences, so it'd still be a reaction. Well, it depends on what you choose. How so? So, let's say... Hmm. I mean, in both... So, the scenario, let's say you're forced to either take someone's life or not. Okay. And you have, I guess, prior experiences in both choices. So the choice is, you know, 50-50, but really there's a whole bunch of other choices. But we'll put some constraints and just say, you either have to kill him or you either have to let him live. And so I think in some ways you have predispositions to both choices. And so it's like you could argue that, oh, since predispositions exist in both cases, you don't have free will, but I still think you do have the choice. Because you could just go completely off the rails and choose something completely different. You could, and uh, that's, as redundant as it sounds, Mm -hmm. that may be a reaction to having already done everything before. So... I think the reaction, the reactionary argument has a lot of valid points, but I don't think it's the answer. Okay. I think it makes a lot of logical sense here, but something that we don't always consider, that I think we should, is dreams. Okay, you've lost me now. (laughs) Oh, really? Well, it's like... Out of left field. It is. Explain. What better place to exhibit free will than in a dream? Well, sometimes you don't got free will in a dream because sometimes, like, I've done like a few lucid dreams, and it's like in the lucid dreams I kind of have free will. Um, and you would think I'd have control over things in the dream, which to some extent you do, but uh, other people it doesn't seem like you do, as odd as that sounds, because they all come from, like, your mind. Um, yeah. Completely, completely weird. Um, but there's some dreams that you just kind of, like, live through. You don't have necessarily any control. It's almost like you're just watching a movie or something. Right. But, so, the whole question here is, do we have free will, right? Yeah. So, if it's even capable in dreams, do you think that's a a plus or a minus towards the free will? Well, um, I think it is capable to have free will in dreams. Because there's a lot of times where... You know, I'll, I'll be put in a situation and, like, one of the ways you can tell that you're in a dream is you plug your nose and then breathe in. And if you get a full breath, then you're in a dream. If you don't, you're in reality. And mm-hmm. that's the way you distinguish the two. And there's been some dreams that I just don't want to be in. And I'll choose to not be in them by, mm-hmm. like, checking if I'm in a dream. Okay, I'm not in a dream. Like, I kind of knew that because, like, doors are opening on their own and it's kind of, you know, scary. <laughs> that, so. Yeah. And then how you wake up is you just open your eyes wide as possible and then you just kind of wake up and you're like oh that was a scary dream glad I chose to be out of that yeah so but that could be the fight or flight response like ah scary situation even if it's in a dream and you're like oh I know it can't harm me it's like why do I choose to get out of it instead of stay in exactly because I uh, I'm sure we've all had at least one dream where we were like, you know, I think I'm going to fly. Yep. And then we do. Yep. Like, I don't think there's any sort of um, one way or the other influences there. Like, once you, I mean, I guess you could argue that it's once we realize in a dream, we are in a dream, it's a reaction. 
to try <laughs> to try to fly, you know. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I think a dream is our best case scenario. Best case scenario for free will. Free will. Yeah, because I think that's the only place that we really have all control over the situation. Because I think in general we have free will. Because you know, if we're, if we're presented with a situation, we can make a decision there. It's not like we are predispositioned to make a decision. Right. It's going to be influenced by outside factors and whatnot. But I don't believe it's actually one hundred and ten percent. Um, outside the scope of free will for us. I don't know. I think that it, in a dream, it's like you you definitely don't have control of a lot of things. But in a way, we do. Well, because if you, you think, think about that. it, what what is a dream but a you know a construct of our own minds? You know, in 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 and of itself, a dream is us. Yeah. There's... Let me tell you about one dream that I had. Where I wasn't actually in the picture. Right. Uh, it was... It was it was a complete trip. Because I, uh, I got home from work. Decided to lay down. Kind of dozed off. And then I had this crazy experience. It was like I was viewing from... Uh, outsider perspective and if I started the dream by overlooking this like futuristic train station yeah this lady came out she was being chased by some guards or whatever and I'm like okay cool this is this is kind of weird and uh, just like weird well the the guards surrounded the lady she was getting ready to kick ass or you know whatever uh, take names <laughs> take names yeah um, a wooden figure dropped from like the sky and land, like landed right next to her and then I assumed the perspective of the wooden figure Huh. and I was like okay this is weird and me and the woman acted in perfect unison like we were doppelgangers okay and like defeated the guards and all that and then I woke up and I was like holy crap <laughs> what just happened yeah <laughs> it would be too that, that I had no control over you, I mean, that's and that's the crazy thing is that you did, but you didn't like. But it wasn't your conscious mind that had control over that. It was your subconscious mind. Well, do we have control over our subconscious mind? Not consciously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, that's a little bit odd because sometimes it feels like the subconscious mind is like a separate entity from yourself. Yeah, it, it really does, and it feels like it's uh, a lot more in control than it does, which presents another question is, as long as we have that subconscious, do we ever have free will? Hmm. Because how do we know that our subconscious isn't making all of these decisions for us? Well, I know in some some cases I went against my subconscious and what it wanted me to do and then what I actually did um, and you know the main proponent of why I chose that was because it was what was right because mm -hmm. my subconscious was like do what's not right uh, for short term gain for short term gain and I was like nah man we're doing it my way yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, and uh, I think that also can manifest in a variety of ways for a bunch of different people. Um, so that brings us to a uh, startling conclusion. Of? I, I think we do have free will. This entire time, it's been like you've been arguing against it. Well, that's the, <laughs> that's the point. You know, you got to provide some um, some alternate perspectives on this stuff. Right. And as broad of a topic as free will is, mm -hmm. it's really hard to discuss it when we both think the exact same thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, okay, so why do you think that we have free will? Well, it's the very similar thing is that uh, we, you know, every day you're presented with decisions. Yeah. And you can make 
a choice. And whether or not it's influenced by the surroundings is... I, don't, I wouldn't say irrelevant, but it is definitely not contributing to free will. Okay. Because I'd say, you know, you walk into your bank, you know, puts you uh, you got a check from work, you got to deposit it. You could rob that bank if you wanted to. That's very true. Uh, you don't have to rob the bank. Most people wouldn't. And, I, and I'd say a lot of people would say that that's a... A proponent, like that's a proponent for the reactionary argument. There is because you know we are acting instinctually. It's like I don't want the bad things of robbing a bank to happen to me. Yeah. So I'm not going to rob this bank. You know. But I I think it's more so a proponent towards free will because we have that option in the first place. You know. Okay. Or another example. You know, you could. Another example would be you could walk into the bank. Yeah. Full intentions of, you know, paying or giving them the the rent check or whatever yeah. to put into your account. Another option would, would be to just walk out. Yeah. There's but a there, thousand choices you can make. Exactly. And I think while they may be influenced by our outside surroundings or the situations that we're in, I don't believe that it really affects if we have free will or not. Right. Because I think it's really up to us in the end to make a decision. And I think it it really shows a lot in people who don't have control over their impulses Mm -hmm. that uh, just exactly how far off the rails that this stuff can go. But why do you, is there uh, any other reasons that you think you, that we have free will? Well, I can think of a few reasons that we don't have it. Really? So, like, one could argue that it's the illusion of choice. Those choices are there, but we're, I guess, set on the path of what choices we're to make. Okay, how so? Well, it could be before life we were given choices to make and we have this illusion of choice but we go through with what we were kind of programmed to do uh and it could be for a good reason um for example like after death it could just be like uh you know you wake up and someone's like all right what did you learn uh kind of thing Mm -hmm. um And it could be just, like, a programming for what lies after. Right. If if that makes any sense. That's kind of like a very way out there idea, but... Oh, so you think... So it could be in the tutorial, basically. Yeah, you could be in the (laughs) tutorial and you just, like, press square. Square. Yeah, a little side tangent. Did you know PlayStation actually released a statement that's saying the X button is actually a cross? It's X button. Yeah. Sorry. It's not <laughs> it's a like, cross. No one's going to call it a cross. Cause, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways. Um, I mean, that's a very interesting thing. I choose to call it the X button. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you think that that actually holds up? The illusion of choice. We don't know. Because is it really an illusion? If I can make those choices, you know? Well, it, if if you are hardwired to choose those, it is an illusion of choice. If you're not hardwired to choose them, it's not an illusion of choice. Right. But where we can't be for certain on whether or not they're illusions or not, that's what sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is interesting. Um, and I think... I mean, have have either of us changed our minds here? Well, we both believe the same thing. Yeah. Like, uh, it's you can argue from both perspectives and come up with a valid argument because there's not a true answer. Oh, so you don't think? So what you're saying is that there is not a true answer to this at all? Yeah. 
There's not a true answer. We can't say for certain that we do or not. Uh, oh. Because nothing is nothing is certain, and that's why I'm of the mindset, if you believe you have it, you do. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. So it's kind of like the, the saying, whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. Yeah. I got you. Okay. I heard that saying. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a you know slightly different context here, but... Yeah. Still yeah. works. It does. It still works. So, that being said, I think as broad and crazy of a topic as free will is... Yeah. We covered just about everything there, I think. Well, I mean, I think we shortened a lot of stuff there. We definitely did. Um, you know, you can argue a whole bunch of stuff like uh, uh, like the argument of, well, I'm questioning if I have free will, so therefore I think I do. And it's like, are you predetermined to question your free will? Mm-hmm. All that, you know, twisted thinking, but, uh, but that, but do we have, I mean, we have the will to question these things, you know? Well, (laughs) are we, are we hardwired to question them? Uh, we question a lot of things that that we do. Um, so I'm going to bring up a little something, little something out of the blue here. Okay. Um, since we kind of brushed through this so fast. What do you think happens when we die? Oh, buddy. <laughs> um, I've thought about this a lot. Yeah. Um, it's... there. There's there's an infinite amount of things that could happen. It's like... Uh, I think people think it's black and white sometimes. Um, yeah. Well, some people do. There's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of other religions that believe in reincarnation, but... Some people are so stuck on the idea that either something happens or it doesn't. Um, either there's an afterlife or it's just black. Um, but. So what you're saying is that, do you think there's an in-between to those? Like purgatory? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's technically an afterlife, though. Yeah. Um, it's like an ER waiting room. Oh. <laughs> Oh man! Depending on how you look at it, it's probably just as bad too. Yeah, <laughs> all the people who just died. All the magazines are out of date. Yeah, for the like of like past timelines that you don't even know about. Yeah, it's like what the heck is this? Yeah, there's a, there's a magazine in there. It's Heaven Weekly. Heaven Weekly. Yeah. <laughs> it's from three BC. <laughs> just says on the cover, "He's coming back, folks." <laughs> what the heck? Where am I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, see, and that that's pretty interesting that you bring that up. Is like, is there an in-between? Like, what would an in-between be for an afterlife versus no afterlife? It could be anything. It could be like you run through this again. You run through your exact same life again or, you know, try and make different choices. Or you die, you wake up and... Some dude standing there is like, all right, what life do you want to live now? Um, okay, so maybe instead of an afterlife, so you're proposing a next life sort of thing. Kind of next life. So it's 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 uh, it's like reincarnation, um, but I think that reincarnation is like uh, a not a choice. Got yeah. In, in a sense, yeah. Uh, it, reincarnation could completely be a choice. Um. And there's some things that you can argue. Um, like, I was listening, as hippie as it sounds, I was listening to some Alan Watts lectures, and uh, I was reading something about a book he wrote where he said that he would be reincarnated as a little girl with, like, red hair. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. And then, like, he had a little girl with red hair after he died, I think. And... Uh, he was huh. he was quite the alcoholic, and he had a cabinet that was, uh, you know, his cabinet, and he would have all his liquor in there. And so uh, the little girl would go up to the cabinet, and he's like, where's my bottle? Like, asking for almost alcohol kind of thing. So it's like, that's kind of trippy. Oh, man, that is trippy. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, I mean, if he was that much of an alcoholic, it could have just been in the genes. Yeah, it could have <laughs> been in the genes, but uh, I but, prefer shorts. Yeah. um there's so much uncertainty um exactly and to clarify for you people listening i'm not actually trying to figure out what happens (laughs) oh that's a i'm not trying to take a long walk off a short bridge here uh we're we're more so (laughs) just talking about what could happen i think it's human nature because we always question why things are the way that they are um, yeah. So, and, and that kind of brings up a point of like that, um, for that, um, what do you think, um, so th- there was a, a while ago, a little girl had died mm-hmm. and the doctors brought her back to life and she began to tell like stories about, you know, seeing an afterlife specifically right one that fits the the Christian religion of she began to say that she met uh, a man with long brown hair uh-huh. who had holes in his wrists so and, and it, that particularly is kind of interesting because he or she described him as having holes in his wrists not in his hands wherein a lot of you know depictions of it you see nails going through the center of his palm when actually they were just below his palm in his actual wrist. And, you know, a lot of kids, I mean, she was really young from what I, from what I remember. So what do you think, like, how do you think she could have come back knowing that? Um, well, I think. Or do you think this was partially perpetuated by the parents in the book? It could be part. There, there's a whole bunch of different ways that you could explain this. Uh, you could explain it logically if she was brought up that way and then uh, she, I guess, died, air quotes, because I think that there's, I guess, fake death and then true death. Mm. Um, and I think that the fake death is uh, people who have those uh, after-death experiences, whatever you call them. The, you think? Well, because I mean, she was she was uh, medically dead for I don't remember how long, but well, it brings in the question: Is medically dead what I guess a higher power would consider true death? Like, are there different standards for it? Like, someone could be medically dead, and a higher power would be be like, ah, eh, no, she's fine. Yeah, <laughs> she 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 ain't. Dead, dead. It is but uh, a flesh wound. It is but a flesh wound. Um, and, you know, you could you could say that it's her brain going haywire and dumping a whole bunch of chemicals that makes her hallucinate like some afterlife or um, she saw nothing and then her parents put that idea in her head or uh, you, you you could well it could it goes back to like the brain dumping chemicals it's like it could be a really weird dream yeah that it could and that can be justified in a lot of ways that uh, a lot of people ha- that have their near death experiences that see something or usually see what I guess they're brought up to see mm-hmm. uh, well it's crazy because of how young she was and yeah. seeing that very specific detail. I think that's get that's what gets a lot of people, but there's a lot of skeptical uh, people out there for good reason. And, you know, I don't know which way's up and which way's down in this situation because you, you don't know. That, I don't think that, that girl was actually the one to write the book. Oh. So I don't know if she was or not, but... Um, yeah, there's there's so many different ways that can go. But so in that case, well, what else do you think could happen after death? Um Well, let me think of some So I think, well, I don't I have thought before mm-hmm. that uh dreams would be like base reality and then okay day to day life is like a sub reality 
because mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of stories of people dreaming about meeting dead people in their dreams. Yeah. Uh, and from what they say, they're like, that was a real experience because I asked them, like, is this actually you? And the dead person says, yeah, it's me. Hmm. I'm just chilling in your dreams. Um, so there could be an afterlife like that. Oh, man, that'd be nuts. That would be. So. It'd be fun. (laughs) Oh, okay. No, I'm sorry. It was a a little boy, actually, not a girl. I was thinking of the girl who died and saw visions of Jesus and then painted him. Oh, okay. Um, It was actually a little boy. Um, Yeah, it was called Heaven is for Real. But, anyways, back to the other thing. Um, I don't. I don't remember what I said. Sorry. Well, um, oh yeah, being base reality. Right. Um, that kind of reminded me. It's well. What do you think of the uh, what we consider the supernatural afterlife? That well, it could be that there are. You know, several afterlifes. I don't. I don't think there just has to be one. Oh, really? Yeah, because like, so you have the supernatural and experiences like that where you see ghosts, and then you have like people seeing them in their dreams, which you could argue is like another form of like supernatural stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could be both of those exist, um, and you might choose to which one you go to, or based on your decisions in life. If we do have free will, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, is what you get put into. Right. So, do you believe in ghosts, then? Well, there's been some... <laughs> there's been yeah. some situations that have, uh, you know, made me question it. Um, really? Yeah, and it, and it could be, like, the same thing. Uh, they're real if you believe in them. Oh, man. Because... <laughs> um, I, I I can get paranoid sometimes, uh, mm-hmm. and you know you can attribute some things to ghosts, uh, and I think that if you attribute more and more, it's just like soon everything unexplained uh, could be attributed to some paranormal entity. Uh, yeah, and then after I kind of stopped, uh, you know, contributing everything. Uh, not contributing, but uh, explaining away everything that couldn't be explained as some um, entity acting on it. Um, it kind of seemed to go away. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and maybe it's. I always, I always uh, reiterate myself, but if you go looking for it, you'll probably find it. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty interesting point there. Um, Sometimes there are people who don't go looking for it that find it too, which I think those guys are probably the more interesting cases. So uh, my my fiancé right now, Mm -hmm. for for an example, she has um, a very German background. And uh, not specifically like German the country, but just in general... Just to keep it kind of vague. Um, yeah. Uh, German ancestry. So she, uh, when she was growing up, she's very, very young. Um, her grandparents were uh, immigrants and they spoke fluent German. Right. They, uh, and one of her first words was the German word for horse. Okay. Uh, the Do thing- you know the German word for horse? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the weird thing about that is that her grandparents were not alive. Uh-huh. So who taught her the German word for horse when the internet wasn't around? And I mean, it was kind of, but you know, she was way too young right. to be on that. I mean, we're talking like three years old, right? Kind of thing. That's that's actually happened. Uh... I've read stories about it, like, 
the validity of the validity of those stories is you know in question but mm-hmm. there's been accounts of that happening um and it, i don't know if it's as rare as people think really yeah um so there's this psychologist i listen to or i used to listen to uh, jordan peterson uh he he said one thing um that whenever a child's born, you know how they kind of babble. Um, right. And I think he said that they make the sounds of different languages um, in their babbling as if they're kind of, I guess, open to it. Uh, and then as soon as they learn the language, they kind of throw those, I guess, um, syllables or sounds out uh, I don't know the proper word for it yeah oh and I, I mean I guess I kind of left this part out but she wasn't like just saying right those words like the German word for horse they they actually had a little figurine of one and she would point at it uh-huh. and say the German word for horse hmm. so and I think that's uh, yeah I probably should have mentioned that to begin with <laughs> but <laughs> yeah so that's that's always made me um, kind of interested i guess because i mean it wasn't it wasn't my fiance who told me this story it was her mom oh okay so that was uh because we kind of got into an in uh an in-depth not too terribly in-depth conversation about it but i don't know she thinks that there's um uh validity to this sort of thing like you know if if some people claim that when their relatives die you know they've they get visited by them right at night as kind of a hey don't worry about me sort of thing or i mean i guess if you were the abusive one uh oh i'm back <laughs> oh yikes <laughs> i'm here to haunt you yeah but uh we've been having some uh strange strange stuff going we've had a uh, not not a whole lot um but at the couple places i've lived I'd say I, I do believe that there is something out there. I don't know what it is, but uh, at the last apartment complex I lived in, we we had a a set of blue bowls, and we still have now, actually. <laughs> but uh, don't be bringing that paranormal stuff into our house. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's we, here. Yeah, we have um, one less, actually, because it was sitting on a like a bar. Uh huh. Um. On the bar a uh, area, and just sitting in the the living room area, and it just sees itself off the edge. It was it wasn't near the edge or anything. I was the only one home, and it just kind of hit the ground and shattered. I'm like, alrighty then. I guess this is happening now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and uh, just the other day, the place that we are currently living. There, we have an electric fly swatter because. Fun thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no one likes extra flies in their house, but yep. we, we, keep, we keep it on top of the fridge, which, uh, albeit not a. Probably not the best place because it's not exactly the sturdiest fridge ever, but, you know, no better place to keep it right now. But, uh, so, as usual, close the fridge, and I start walking away, and I hear just massive crash. And. And I was telling my fiance, it's like, oh man, something broke. So I walked back in here and the, the fly swatter was a good six feet away from the, the fridge. Uh, yeah, maybe about five and a half, six feet away from the fridge. And uh, that kind of struck me as odd because generally, you know, if, if, if something falls off the top of the fridge, it doesn't have the kind of velocity to travel that far. Right. I, you know, I'm not a physics major. I'm not great at math, but... Uh, I don't think you have to be in every single one of these situations. But it, it makes it kind of interesting because, you know, what if that's not a, a quote-unquote ghost as we perceive it, you know? Yeah. You can really go down the rabbit hole. and Like, by closing the fridge, you somehow did it perfectly to where it fell off the edge. And then it hit the bottom of the fly swatter in some way that it tumbled. Because there's been several yeah. situations where, you know, you kind of drop something and they just, like run from you across the room and you're like what yeah. the heck I mean there's no way you're going to convince me that 
whenever you drop a coin and it lands perfectly on the edge and starts rolling away, you're not going to convince me that that's not supernatural. <laughs> well, that makes no. That's that doesn't have to be supernatural. No, I know that does. Uh, well, I guess one of my supernatural experiences that you had to go through is uh, one night I was in bed. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, was going to sleep, dozing off, all that other stuff. I uh, for some reason I lifted up my covers, uh, and. You know, it was being dark in the room, but I lifted up my covers and there's just all this moving stuff in my covers. And I'm like, oh, God, those are spiders. And <laughs> I, uh, I bolted out of the room and I, like, jumped in the living room and I looked at uh, both of them and I was like, dude, there's spiders in my bed. Yeah, we were, me and my fiance <laughs> were sitting on the couch and I just see him, like, sprint in here. And as soon as his feet hit the tile, he just kind of slides it was a magnificent display, <laughs> but he said spiders, plural, and I was like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> so, yeah, we went to look, and there was absolutely nothing. Yeah. Well, so. and, you know, uh, you could you could explain that a way of like, oh, it's the ending of sleep paralysis or whatever. And Yeah. Uh, but usually whenever you hallucinate a sleep paralysis, you're... Paralyzed, hence the name. Uh, yeah. And trying to move, I guess, triggers the hallucinations. But hmm. it was weird just being able to move and, you know, see that. And then I start questioning. It's like, was that a dream? Yeah. And I wake up frantically uh, and run out of the room. But I I don't remember. I, As soon as I lifted up the covers, saw the spiders... I was running for the door. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I would have been too dream or not. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's not supposed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really, um, it's really interesting because there's, I mean, that's one of the quote unquote signs is uh, they can, this, these supernatural beings can make you see things. Yeah. You know, you know the, the polter dot, poltergeists are they can move objects, but some things make you see things. But yeah, um, not fun. Hasn't no. happened since. Um, yeah, which is good. We had a little spike there with uh, the bad juju. Yeah, the bad juju. <laughs> but uh, it's kind of interesting. Um, it's it's interesting because what if those things that we think are are that we call supernatural beings are not supernatural. How would you explain that they're not supernatural? Well, you know, we only see a very, very small portion of the visible light spectrum. I uh-huh. mean, I'm not... Of the... Okay. Of, well. of the, the spectrum of light. We see all of the vis- visible light spectrum. That was yeah. a bit of a slip up there. But uh, what if these beings are real? They are tangible, but we just can't see them. Uh-huh. Because we don't have any have any uh, the cones in our eyes, colorblind to... in a sense. Yeah, we we just physically can't see them. Like, what if they're all around us right now, kind of thing? That'd be trippy. Yeah, it would. Like, man, I'd feel bad for those mantis shrimp. <laughs> and to see just about all the colors. Yeah. But, uh... <gasps> That's why it punches so hard. <laughs> yeah, it's the only way to get them away. Uh, I'll save you. Bah! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, if you think about it, all the, the paranormal investigators that go out, they go out with cameras that can see way more than we can. And that seems to be the only way that they capture stuff. You know, the... well, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a whole other topic, because I think those, so, those shows are such a BS, man. Yeah, well, I mean, these they microphones of... record ghosts. Yeah. Well, they also record everything else. <laughs> yeah, well, so. I mean, they kind of have to be, you know, because it's it's not good TV if nothing happens. Well, yeah, but I mean, I I, th- I know that because but. there's been there have been reports of these supernatural beings, you know, go back as far as human beings can write. Yeah, you know, so I think there's got to be something there. Well, yeah, if but if the I think if the idea exists and it's existed for so long, there has to be some sort of like explanation behind it. Um, 
like deja vu is an idea that I don't know how far that spans, but yeah. it's definitely a real thing. Oh yeah. Um, well, and, and it's like uh, uh, I don't know if this is a saying or not, but you know, magic is just science that so we don't understand. Yeah. And I think that could be said also for um, the the supernatural in this case. It's it's probably just something that we don't understand yet. Because I think there's just there are, I mean, even by professional standards, things, recordings, sounds that they have no explanation for. Right. As of right now, I mean, it's, and some of them were captured by amateur paranormal investigators that have nothing to gain because it's a hobby. Right. You know, um, unless they're trying to gain fame, I guess. But because there's always going to be some level of hey, I want to be noticed in these things but yeah I think there's a bit of a I definitely would like to know that yeah like if if we die and we get our questions answered that's gonna be pretty high on the list I'm gonna be there for a while asking questions oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think everybody is yeah wouldn't um, it be trippy if like after we like start producing this recording there's like some whispers that oh man there. don't you don't you <laughs> Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> yeah. That'd be weird. That would. Well, um, maybe we can uh, touch again on the topic of the supernatural in, a, in some, uh, future, some future episodes here, because that's definitely on the existential spectrum, I believe. Yeah. Well, a lot of things are. Um, oh, yeah. We're just scratching the surface here. Yeah. Um... Uh, I mean, we can we can go as deep into the topic as you know. There's a there's an infinite amount of uh, dirt to dig on topics like these. Indeed, and I think free will may be something that we we come back on later. Because yeah. I I don't think we quite scraped up everything there is to dig up there, but uh, we can we can see if we can revisit that in the future too. I think we fairly covered our both of our perspectives. Yeah, but I I think it's. I think it'd be really great to get someone who doesn't believe the same. Yeah. I think that'll be a, a lot uh, more climactic. I don't think Tanner believes in free will, so we can get him in here. Alrighty. He, he his his ideas are are uh, they definitely contrast mine and yours in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean that'll definitely be interesting then we gotta I'm sure the, the listeners here will enjoy that as well. Oh yeah. But uh well, thank you for joining us this evening. I hope we didn't uh, bore you to death. <laughs> yep. But if this is something that you guys are interested, you can find us all over the web. Uh, if you like Reddit, we have our own subreddit, Starry Night Podcast. And we also have a Twitter, Facebook, and a YouTube account. And we're working on getting our podcast just about anywhere that you can find them. So right now, our main platforms are going to be YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I sure hope so. Anyways, uh, hope you guys have a great evening, day, morning, whenever you guys are listening to this. And this is Nick. This is Jesse. And we'll see you guys next evening.